Welcome back to another episode of GALS. I'm Christina Warren, Senior Cloud Developer Advocate, and I'm here with another Senior Cloud Developer Advocate, Ruth Yakubo. I didn't mess that up. Say your last name for me again. No, no. A lot of people butcher my name, so I'm used to it. You are used to it. And you told me three times, and I'm terrible, and I feel awful because I usually am good at this. But say, 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 say your name so everybody out there can know without me butchering it and being terrible. No, it's uh, Ruth Yakubu. Yakubu. Yeah. And, and what's the origin behind your last name, if I can ask? I'm just curious. Uh, that's a good question. So um, I'm from Nigeria. My parents are from Nigeria. So usually um, people, when they hear that, there's like a famous uh, soccer player, and his name was Yakubu. So that's how they associate, <laughs> like, oh, you're Nigerian. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's rich and poor. <laughs> any relation, any like family like lineage, you know, or anything? Or is it, is it a more common name? No. Usually, if you're familiar with Nigeria, people more in the northern side will be Yakubu. Gotcha. Uh, southern side would be uh, whatever other names. But uh, it just means uh, Jacob in um, Arabic. Okay. Yeah, so you hear Yakub and all of that. <laughs> well, that's really interesting. Um, yeah. All right, so how long have you been at Microsoft? Let's start with that first. That's, that's a good question. Um, I started Microsoft last year, September. Okay. Um, it all seems like yesterday, and I can't believe it's like a, a year already, but it's been an amazing journey. I've done different things, and yeah, continuing to do lots of more exciting things. So. Most of our, our, our cloud developer advocates have a, a special focus. What, what uh, area of focus uh, are, are you um, working on right now? Yeah, so my background is mostly Java development, and um, I also specialize in machine learning and AI stuff. That's interesting, because a lot of people who are doing AI and, and machine learning stuff don't necessarily have the Java background, so that's kind of an interesting um, uh, pairing, but I think yeah. an important one, right? Because as we're going to have like more AI and 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 all work, yeah, it's got to go beyond just just kind of the languages and and like the Python and R type of stuff that people are doing, and and look at other other uh, frameworks and languages too, right? Yeah, that's true. Because most people in uh, AI and machine learning, you either go the Python route or the R mm -hmm. route. Um, but for my background, um, I have very um, I'll say over 10 years of uh, Java development. So I come from a Java background, and um, the reason why I got into the machine learning uh, and the artificial intelligence is uh, five years ago when I was a cloud solutions, <coughs> I was a solutions architect for um, DirecTV. Um, I got into the big data Hadoop yeah. type of stuff. So dealing with data, understanding the data, the understanding the power of analytics, that's how um, I, it kind of piqued my interest. Then I pivoted um, towards that direction. That makes sense. I mean, so yeah, if you obviously if you're working at a place like DirecTV, you're going to have a lot of analytic data and a lot of big data in general, just from all the different devices, all the different viewing stuff coming through, all the different ad yeah. stuff. And recommend. Recommendations. recommendations, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's really interesting. Yeah. So let's go back a little bit further. Um, how did you first get interested in technology? Oh, that's a wow. You have like excellent questions. So um, yeah, like I mentioned, I grew up in Nigeria, even though I was born uh, in the U.S. But uh, I grew up uh, being groomed to be a doctor mm -hmm. because when you're little. 
Nigerian um, <laughs> parents, they're like, yeah, he's she, gonna be a lawyer. She's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be the doctor and whatnot. So my parents had five kids. My doctor, uh, my uh, older brother was the one who's supposed to be like in the computer sciences and whatnot. I was the one who's supposed, supposed to be, the, be doctor. the doctor. So as a little kid, I overreached my quota of visiting hospitals and whatnot. And my dad, like visiting people, he always tagged me along and whatnot. So started school, uh, went to University of Minnesota, actually majored in um, pre-med. Okay, so did it, two semesters. So of you take it. a bunch of biology classes. Yeah, when they, chemistry, all that stuff. Exactly. Um, everything was good. I was lying to myself till we got to dissecting the <laughs> guinea pig. I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not here. You're, you're like, this isn't me. Yeah, this is not me. Then also going to the hospitals, like whenever I had a doctor's appointment and whatnot, envisioning myself, I think they do amazing stuff, but I was like, I don't see myself that way. Then I used to watch my brother and his friends code, and I'm like, wait a minute, that sounds interesting. And I had that uh, math analytical uh, strength and background, and looking at what they did piqued my interest. So even though I wasn't supposed to be there and I didn't see any females uh, doing that, I was like, you know what, even though I'm pre-med, let me take a programming class. Um, took the class, loved it. It's like, loved it. It was almost like the heavens opening, like, oh, <laughs> this is my destiny. So yeah, I fell in love. Uh, moved on, changed my major into computer science. Um, then, yeah, graduated from uh, University of Minnesota um, with a computer science degree. Awesome. And and uh, is that where you started learning Java, or did that come later? Yeah. So <laughs> when they start, um, I'll probably date myself back because I used to hear people talk about Fortran and whatnot. I'm like, <laughs> oh my wow. You're, <laughs> you're ancient. But when um, we started, um, those stars with something called LIPS yeah. and Scheme. That's a programming language that uh, we were taught. Then C, C++. So those were like the core of your computer science. They'll teach you that. Right. Then my last year was when the C-sharps and the Java and the Javas, were sure. like battling each other was more prevalent. When they started with the object-oriented stuff. Exactly. And if you're a C programmer, especially back in the days, that core dump thing is no joke. And like compilers, <laughs> <laughs> gar garbage uh, collection, you know, having to write extra code to clean all of that. So when I came across Java, um, it totally made sense. A lot of things were done for you, so I just fell in love. Then um, moved on to, um, my first job was uh, actually working for Unisys, so I never even got a chance to um, program. I was doing like mainframe stuff. Okay. So you know how we had the cloud and yeah. their data centers? That was my life. <laughs> I was actually pulling out the disk um, configuring the servers. If you want a 64-bit, uh, 16, um, 
um, uh, 16-bit um, processor or mm -hmm. whatnot. I'll be the one configuring all of that. But after three years, I was like, wait a minute. This is not what I signed up for. Right, you wanted, you wanted to code. You yeah, wanted to my passion, because for me, when I'm coding, it feels like a chess thing. It's like a high. It's like a discovery thing. And it's a challenge. You're building something, and at the end, when you see the end result, there, there's some kind of gratification. So um, I like that chess analogy. That's really good, because you're right, because you can kind of see the moves ahead of time, and you want to get, you want to, you know, capture that queen. You want to get, you yeah. want to get the other side, yeah. and you just have to plan it out and, and 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 go after it. Yeah, and the crazy thing about coding, um, you code and you're not um, in sense of time is not of the essence because you can start coding at least back in the days when I was like a heavy geeky nerd. It's like last I checked, it was noon. Why is it six o'clock? <laughs> because you're so entrenched into that, solving something, trying trying other pivots and whatnot. So, oh, I didn't know that, that type of thing. So it was very addicting and whatnot. So Okay, um, so, so you're working the data center stuff and, and then you're realizing but I'm not doing what I want to do. Yeah. Okay. So what comes next? So um decided to move on to work with Accenture. So Accenture, you know, a lot of people, you know, they talk about, oh, I worked at X, Y, and Z company, ha, 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 and move on. Accenture I loved. I loved that company. I worked for them for um, eight years. And the reason why I loved it is with Accenture, you get staffed to multiple clients. So one minute you're in the health field, next minute you're in media entertainment, like we're talking yeah. about. Um, next minute you're into financial services and whatnot. So it gave me like a broad um, picture of implementing things in different industries, but the core language we were using at the time was Java. And it wasn't even Java, we were using Spring. So Spring, I remember at the time, was also um, up, and, up and coming. So with, in school, you build uh, code from scratch. And if you know anything about uh, object-oriented, there are a lot of um, what's it called design patterns and whatnot. Yeah, if somebody is to ask you, okay, what design pattern are you? There's so many, I can't even keep up. So with uh, Spring, what it came is it provided a mainframe to kind of eliminate a lot of the boilerplate um, um, headaches uh, if you're to code things from scratch and made the configuration a lot uh, easier. So you kind of have a starting point and you can just kind of build from there without Ex having to go through the, the process of setting everything up. Yeah, so yeah, you can be, you know, the go-to-market, it's, uh, it's very quick. So that was... Um, Which I imagine if you're working with a lot of different clients and you might only have a certain period of time with them, that's important because you're consulting and, and you don't have forever to, to build up something. That's, that's exactly correct, yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah, did that for seven years, but the crazy thing is, yeah, project after project, it was, yeah, you're the Java person, and I was under the technology org, so that's all I knew, that's all I breathed. Um, so it wasn't until I left 
because uh, the thing is, I love technology. I love coding so much. But uh, when you're working with uh, companies like uh, Accenture and the Deloitte, you know, you come mm -hmm. in as an analyst. But as you're getting further in your career, you get into managing. You get into, so I got out to that stage. So when you're managing people, I'm like, wait a minute. Did I go to school to manage people? <laughs> And their issues. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. My passion is into coding. So that's when I decided to leave um, Accenture, even though I loved um, my experience there. You loved it, but again, it was kind of like when you were at Unisys, you wanted to kind of take a step back and go, what is my passion? Yeah, okay. exactly. So, And is that what then led you to DirecTV? Um, yeah, it was two things. Being, not having the choice of um, really coding, then with Accenture, every single week you're flying from one place to another. So I literally lived in suitcases. And even though it was fun, adventures, good clients, bad, well, I won't say <laughs> bad clients, interesting clients. <laughs> that's, but that, the whole, that, that's, that's a good way of putting it. You know what? You didn't hear me say that. No, interesting, interesting. <laughs> no, that's, that's the perfect euphemism. That's perfect. Yeah, but um, yeah, going through all of that, um, I was like, no, this is not life. And for Accenture, I respect the work ethic because, you know, you came to work at 8 o'clock. The senior partners were there. Wow. You're leaving at 11 o'clock. They're there. The question is, they have families. You don't. Right. So it was one of those things that, okay, what is life? Right. That type of thing. So at that time, that's when I was also having a picture that this is not what I want for myself. So while I was at, um, uh, what's it called, at Accenture, I was also building uh, my own startup company. Because uh, being in tech, I saw that, okay, technology is here, but we have, I love beauty, yeah. I love fashion. That's my, I don't know whether that's my second love or my first love, but ever since I was little, I love beauty and fashion. So, uh, you know, even when I used to travel, you know, people would look at me and they make misconceived notions that maybe I was in the beauty industry. Right. So as a woman, you know, telling them that, no, I'm in... Um, I'm an engineer. I'm an engineer. It was either one thing that's going to happen, the conversation is literally going to stop, mm -hmm. and you're on a flight, and it's like you hear crickets. It's <laughs> right. like, did I say something wrong? Or, oh, that's cute. Yeah, I wrote a little... HTML code myself, and you're like, you're like no, 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 actually, I do the enterprise ones. <laughs> you're like, no, no, I work with big clients. Yeah, big clients. I do, I, like, I, I do big implementation things. I'm actually know what I'm talking about. Don't, don't condescend to me. No, but, yeah. well, but that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, so, but, but you also have this passion, this equal passion for for beauty, and yeah. and and so and fashion. So, tell me about your startup. So the name of uh, my company was uh, Posh Beauty. So it was appointment booking for the um, beauty industry. Um, so at the time, I did not see anybody doing that. And I've always been the one that sat behind. You get the requirements, you, you do your thing. I've yeah. never been the one pioneering to go do something. 
but that stuck over me for like three years. Can you imagine that voice in your head is, Ruth, you need to do this, Ruth, you need to do that. So I decided to take a leap in faith and create uh, the company and put it out there. And it's like you launch it and you're cringing, like, oh my God, they're gonna hate it and whatnot. Before you know it, yeah, it came into the masses. We're, you know, working with uh, the Paul Mitchells, sitting in rooms with John Paul the Jura. <laughs> Next minute, you're in Fashion Week. You're behind the stage because our viewers, they're in the beauty industry, right. so you need to talk to the creative directors behind the scenes of, you know, hair, makeup, what's coming up in the upcoming season. I didn't know that as a tech, but I'm like, oh, so we work ahead of time mm -hmm. and whatnot. So trying to cater to that uh, industry, um, provide a platform, because it wasn't just appointment booking, it was also video aspect of it, blogging, giving tips. Then also we partnered in LA with a lot of, um, because I have a passion for women empowerment, so like Dress for Success, mm -hmm. Step Up, you know, helping the youth um, because, hey, some people don't have the privilege. So I use right. my uh, company as a platform to partner with a lot of these um, uh, organizations to empower women and whatnot. So ran it uh, for five years, um, bootstrapped it. Um, and the interesting thing is when you meet people socially and they ask you what you do, interestingly, if I said I have a beauty company and it does X, Y, and Z, people were interested to, to listen to what you said. People weren't like leaving the door, so that's interesting. It taught me something interesting. Do you, do, you, do you think that's about, just sorry to interrupt you, but do you think that's about how people in the public kind of perceive women's roles? Yeah. Do you think that's what that is? And the, fact, and the fact that you're very well put together, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be you know, patronizing, you know what I mean? Like, you're, 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 you're attractive, you know, well put together person, they hear okay. that and they're like, oh, this makes sense. Yeah. Whereas when you say I'm an engineer, it doesn't compute yeah. with their brain. Do you think that's part yeah, of it? Yeah, because I was like, it was a, a, a crazy thing that I was afraid it's, yeah, I was afraid always when people ask me what I did for a living, literally, uh, for years to say I'm a software engineer as a woman. Wow. But when, yeah, when I started Posh Beauty, oh my God, they'll get all excited. And when they go to the website, oh, we should collaborate and whatnot. So, yeah, those five years that I ran Posh Beauty, yeah. My software engineering, it was almost like you have two personalities. And at the time, I was also working at DirecTV. Okay, so it was kind of your side hustle. Yeah, so it's a side hustle. So one minute, you know, you're, because I was a solutions architect, so I had to, like, uh, manage, um, like, stuff like NFL Sunday Ticket. You're the solutions architect yeah. for that. Um, the devices, okay, we're building the recommendation engine you know, come up right. with the architecture around that and understand uh, how big data works, that type of thing. Then the next minute, you're sitting at Fashion Week <laughs> watching, <laughs> well, watching the, the models yeah, going the back and you're like, okay, yeah, it was just crazy. Sounds like yeah. it. Yeah. 
Although, I mean, in some ways, I mean, a lot of these things make sense because I, I don't know what kind of the the whole business model is for, for, for Posh Beauty, but it seems like, I mean, you were designing a, a, a B2B type of, you know, probably cloud solution, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. So you're, you're still a solutions architect. You're just yeah. now also a, a, a CEO and, and an art entrepreneur, but you're still building fundamentally a tech product. Yeah. It's just wrapped in a service for the, for the beauty and fashion industry. Yeah, and I'm glad you also said that. So I never told anybody that much about me. People that work for me, it's like, okay, we have a product, you give direction, part of it, since uh, I have a technology background, you know, you kind of like architect things, but you don't have time to develop because you have your daytime job sure. and whatnot, right? When you bring those developers initially, they don't know your background, and I never posted anything on social media. I'm more of a private person, so you can't even look me up to find out details. So it was interesting how they'll come up with even quotes that doesn't even make sense, <laughs> or how long is it gonna take, that doesn't even make sense. So you're like, okay, break it down to me exactly what you think is involved, because they're thinking you're a woman, you look a certain way, you don't know where you're, so it was, it was time after time dealing with that and putting them in their place, like, yeah. no, this is exactly what you need to do at X, Y, and Z. And sure enough, they will respect you better, yeah, when they realize that, oh, wow, this person knows what they're doing. <laughs> they know what but they're doing, yeah. The, after that, they're looking at you like, okay, a unicorn, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that, because I have to, I mean, because it is difficult being a woman in tech, and we've talked a lot about those sorts of things, but talk about that unicorn feeling. Is that something that you has, has disappeared a little bit over time, or do you still feel? Oh, excuse me. Sorry, do, do, do you still feel um, like um, kind of an outlier? No, because um, at the time I was just trying to stay afloat, pay my bills. I had a product um, that I had to, you know, a business I had to run. So I was entrenching that it was all about the bottom line, but. After a stage that you reach in your life, you've been there, you've done that, the question is role models. I'm in a platform, especially when I joined Microsoft, I saw a lot of women compared yeah. to other companies that were technologies that are doing amazing stuff and some that my hat. If you think you're badass, you know, come to Microsoft and you're like, okay, go have a seat. Right, yeah, I, I feel the same way, yeah. Yeah, and they're like, and when I joined Microsoft, I was a cloud solutions architect. I just um, changed to this uh, new role as a cloud developer advocate three months ago. But um, there were instances where I had clients, um, I'm new to, um, this um, service, so you have to meet with uh, the team, the product yeah. teams and whatnot. And it could be a woman um, uh, leading it. I, I remember, what's her name? I think it was Rima. Um, that's when uh, Cosmos DB came up and she whiteboarded that thing on me, broke it down to me because, you know, it was a buzz 
it seemed complex when you're reading about it. By the time when this woman was done, all I could do was clap. <laughs> it was more the way she broke it down to me. She knew it inside and out. But as a woman, being that highly intelligent, it was just wow. So for me, it's just taking time that, okay, we're doing this. But there's a large uh, statistics that a lot of girls don't go into this field yeah. still. Right. Uh, even when I was an entrepreneur, the female entrepreneurs are st uh, struggling. Yeah. The guys can come up with... Um, they come up with a million ideas. I mean, you see what, what the, you know, the different um, incubators, how many women are in, in the Y Combinator classes. Yeah. You know, it, it's significantly lower. Yeah. Because you know? yeah. a guy can come in there, I have a hamster app, who can fund me? We're doing like, oh, I have the business model, I have this, I, we do the mostest, and we don't get funded, and the hamster app, the hamster app does, yeah. is millions up there. So it's funny how even though, like now that I'm living in New York, and I still kind of keep an eye um, you know, on the tech industry and hearing these women still struggle and whatnot, yeah, it's a problem now that um, women are even going into being um, the venture capitalists, mm -hmm. the angel investors and whatnot, because yeah, we're still underrepresented. Uh, uh, then what kills me is <coughs> the young girls. Yeah. Who do they look up to? Because for me, am I- was, I, I was gonna ask you, who, 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 who are your role models? My mom. My mom, because I grew up a tomboy, but my mom never tried to put me in a box she or said my just, parents. Yeah, they just went and wanted you to be happy or yeah. be yourself. The key thing they left in me is you can do anything that you want. You know, you know the sky is the limit. Then seeing role models um, in Nigeria, people of influence came in and out, so that was an uh, issue then. You know, I have, it's a family of five and three brothers. Okay, being a tomboy, I hang out with you guys all the time. I'm the goalie and the soccer player. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I did not see anything different. So when it comes to stuff like coding and whatnot, seeing my brothers doing that, it took, it piqued my interest. I dabble, I ask questions and whatnot. I tried it, I loved it and whatnot. So that stigma was never there for me that no, as a woman you can't do this. Right. But I hear that a lot with young girls. Yeah. So I was like, okay, Ruth, now your goal is, okay, do your job, but make sure you still reach out to the younger girls to see role models of people that look like them. Because I look a certain way you know, whatever stereotypes that are there that if somebody that looks like me can do this, no, you can do it. Right. You don't have to pursue all these other um, avenues. <laughs> Sorry, I get emotional. No, yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't need to pursue, you know, you can be a rock star because all it is is logic. And you mentioned Python, R, Java. This is a language. It's like learning Spanish. 
But what makes you a rock star is the logic. It's like, okay, giving me directions on how to get to Bellevue. You can ask a Spanish person, you can ask an Italian person. They're different versions, but either way, you're still gonna get to your destination. So who says, you know, one person, because you're a certain way, can do the same. So for me, I don't agree with that. So it's more of, okay, how can we help our sisters, mm -hmm. our daughters, our aunts, our mothers, you know, get that stigma. And a lot of people are saying, oh, I don't know math. No, come on now. You know, now it's the information of, uh, we're in the age of information, you know, whatever you, area you, that you lack, you go and improve on it, yeah. What do you think about, um, you know, people like Carly Kloss who are trying to, because from your, from your former shoe fashion, I mean, we, we are trying to slowly but surely kind of the face of that sort of thing's changing. Do you think we should see more of that sort of thing of, you know, people like her trying to encourage girls to code? Should we have more people like Black Girls Code out there trying to do things? Like what, what sort of things do you think we need to do just as a culture, not just women in tech, but in general to try to do what you're saying to kind of encourage the younger generation to, to know that they can do these things regardless of how they look or, or, or what their idols might look like? Yeah, so was it, I think two weeks ago, I saw Verizon do a commercial and I thought it had to do with sports, but it was like LeBron, you know, they're giving stats like they're already X number of uh, athletes out there. They're already X number of models out there. They're already X amount of things out there. We don't need any more. There, the whole goal of the, the commercial was to encourage young kids to go into technology fields because that's what they see on TV. Because, you know, a lot of kids, especially maybe you live in the urban, you know, um, community, no offense, but you're thinking, okay, one day I'm going to be a rapper. One day I'm going to be... Uh, uh, oh, what's it called, an athlete. Or if you're a woman, you look a certain way, okay, maybe I should be a model. No, but, you know, you know you, your personality. Yeah, you can do anything, you're fearless. Yeah, so I feel like, yeah, you mentioned Black Girls uh, Code. Um, I'm currently working with them. Um, in New York right now to see how I can come in and, you know, do a session with them, have girls code, because you'd be surprised. The more that you see people that look like you, the more you believe yeah. that you can do it. Like, um, um, I met with uh, my mentor here in, um, in uh, Microsoft when I joined here, and he's a Caucasian. And I was like, I noticed something different. Our PowerPoints are di ethnically diverse. He was like, he didn't get it. He was, I was like, no, I see a lot of uh, PowerPoints. You, it right. could be on technology, but you see like a black woman, you know, addressing clients, or you see a black guy. I'm a black person. Yeah. 
and it does something to me. And he was shocked, like, oh, really? It does? You're like, yeah, yeah. because yeah. it reinforces that you can. I can't identify yeah. with that. Yeah. So I'm like, a lot of people think it's not doing anything. No, when you start seeing people that look like you doing certain things, it stirs up something in you, whether you're Latin, you're Native American, or whatnot. Okay. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Great conversation. All right, we're running out of time. I want to go through with you now this, this lightning round. Sorry, sorry to have such a weird segue, because no, that's amazing, but I think you're right. Like, it, it does, I think, that's a great point, that it helps to see more types of people, mm -hmm. even in things like PowerPoints, because mm -hmm. that helps to reinforce a message to other people out there that, hey, someone who looks like me yeah. is doing this thing that a lot of people who look like me aren't always portrayed doing. Yeah. That's really important. Mm -hmm. All right. Let me, uh, all right. So now we're going to go into a lightning round. Just answer whatever first thing comes to your mind. All right, <laughs> coffee or tea? Coffee. <laughs> um, what do you spend money on that makes your life easier? Say that again. Like, like, what do you what, what do you spend your money on that makes your life easier? Like, you know, whether it's you know booking an appointment for a beauty thing or, or car service or what. Like, okay, I think Zara needs to give me stop stock options. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Zara, um, what's the first thing you do in the mornings um, before you head into work? The first thing I do in the morning, um, I love food. Okay. So yeah, so as soon as I wake up, you'd be surprised. The only thing on my mind is food till I even look, okay, do I have text <laughs> messages or whatnot? I'm just thinking of food. I got to eat. You got to eat. All right. Um, do you listen to music when you work? Yes. What kind of music? Anything. But recently I've been listening to Ethiopian music. I don't even know anything that they're saying. <laughs> but is it just a good beat? I'm over there crying like, God, I know this is deep. This is deep. Because it has, and they're like, it's like a sultry voice, but you can't sense the intensity and the passion. I don't know what this guy is saying, but yeah, I'm like rocking with I hear you. And this code is working. That code is working. Um, speaking of code, what, what, uh, what's your favorite language to code in? Uh, right now it's Java. Um, I'm getting into the Python. So I'm even um, doing C sharp stuff right now. But Java, Java. I can do laps in Java. <laughs> um, uh, Star Wars or Star Trek? Um, Star Wars uh, Trek. Star Trek. Okay. Yeah. Um, and um, we kind of talked about this a lot, but but I want just to end on this because I think it's important. What advice would you kind of give to the younger generation who's looking to get interested in tech? Um, find a role model. Um, sometimes you can't find a role model, but um, just believe in yourself. Um, anything that you want to do, you know, it, it could be tech, it could be anything. There are other industries that I'm sure that you know, have under representation, but you as an individual on this planet, you are set here for a reason. So listen to that inner voice and just do what you have passion, regardless of what your environment, your family, your friends, or society is uh, telling you. You could be the pioneer. You could be the first to do something that's different. I love that. Yeah. 
Ruth, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, we'll have all of your, uh, your uh, information um, on, on the uh, site when this goes up. But thank you for, for joining me. This has been great. Oh, thank you, Christina. 